This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Hold True Tattoo Studios. The new studio is now open in Hamilton, and if you're interested in getting any tattoo work done or discussing any designs, please contact the chief artist, Brian Bell. You can find Hold True Tattoo Studios on Instagram and on Facebook, so if you're at all interested, please check them out. Hi Lee, how are you? All right, how are you? Not bad, not bad, sir. Thanks so much for doing this. No, no problem at all. You're su- no su- problem. such a busy guy, so I, I, I genuinely appreciate it. I genuinely no problem at all. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so, uh, do you know, I was just thinking, actually, uh, we've only actually ever met in person once, and that was at our mutual friend's wedding, uh, Zara and Vic. Oh, yeah, yeah. A, a couple of <laughs> How many years ago was that now? Uh, three or four, maybe. Although I'm sure. Yeah, uh, yeah three or four, four years. So that was uh, something I'll maybe need to remedy. There'll, there'll be a be a training opportunity or maybe a seminar or something we can we can organise to. to get yeah, it. definitely. Go for that. Definitely. Right. Okay. I was taking some notes this morning uh, on things that I wanted to talk to you about, and yep. I think we should just jump right in now. I want to talk about your, your actual martial arts career and the stunt work and the acting work, but uh, let's start with Gangs of London. Right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's start with that. Uh, probably the biggest show on Sky TV this year, I would imagine. It must be, it must be up there. Uh, yeah, I, I, think, I, think that, I think it has took it. I mean... We, I think we were quite fortunate in the way that, um, well, fortunate and unfortunate that it come during lockdown, you know, and it was, at the, it, was at, it was at the beginning of lockdown. So I think it was sort of like, at, at, at that, that initial stage of lockdown, all everyone seemed to be doing was watching TV and watching box sets and, and, and like movies. And I think it's because no one actually knew what we were allowed to do or what we were meant to be doing or where to be going. Yeah. So I think Gangs of London actually hit this like, hit this niche market where sort of like everybody needed something new to watch. You know, everyone was sort of like, you know, everyone would watch Ozark and they would, they would do, you know, there was a couple of series that got brought out at that time. Um, and then gangs come out and sort of, you know, I mean, I, <laughs> when, when, we, when we were actually making it, it felt special. It felt really, really special. You know, it, it felt like, um, it, it just, it just, it just felt like something special was going to was going to come from it at, at that time, um, but I don't think any of us could have anticipated just how well received it was. You know, it was sort of like, you know, it was mind blowing. I mean, that, I remember that first that first initial four four to six weeks after it came out, yeah. I got thousands and thousands of messages just off people, you know, on Twitter, Facebook, and it was just I, I was waking up every day to like hundreds and hundreds of messages. Yeah. Um, you know, and to be a part of it, you know, Gareth Evans, you know, the guy did the raid, you know, he, he, he revolutionised martial art movies. Yeah. He changed how the martial art genre sort of, it went into this sort of like ultra stylish violence, you know, obviously, you know, he, 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 he bred a new superhero of martial artists and eco yeah. and stuff like that. And, you know, in... You know, the, the guy, you know, him along with uh, Matt Flannan, the, the DP, the, you know, 
they have this understanding between each other of how it should be filmed, how it should how it should look and stuff. And then if you know the the fight coordinator, you know, I'll always give a big big heads up to this to the to the, to the stunt coordinator, fight coordinator Jude Jude Boyer. You know, Jude learned his trade in Hong Kong, so you know you yeah. know he, he worked with you know Samo, Donny, Jet, you know uh, Yung Biao, you know. So you sort of like you you've got like this sort you've got the you've got these people who who all collaborated together and worked together to just bring something phenomenal. You know, it's just you know. It was really, I mean, not, not the fact that I was in it, it would be something I would watch even yeah. if I wasn't in it. You know, it, it was just, you know, and, you know, the, the cinematography and, and stuff and, you know, uh, you know, take, take my episode aside, you know, you've got Gordon, Gordon Alexander, you know, the, the fight with, uh, with Shoppe, with the axe and stuff, which was very stylish, yeah. martial arts and stuff in the thing. And then you got episode five, which was just like, you know, the siege, it was just mind blowing. The way the, the, the way the, the series actually started uh, on, on, on the rooftop, I, I remember the first night when, when you had sort of, when you'd started advertising that, that it was coming on and stuff, and obviously my wee boy was in bed, well in bed, uh, <laughs> and my wife had went up the stairs to bed and, and I sort of put it on, and it was the, even just the start of the series, uh, and we'll chat a wee bit about just your experience on filming it and, 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 and yeah. playing such a, uh, an iconic, being in one of the most iconic scenes. Uh, so my wife, Tracy, had went to bed and sort of put it on. And just for that very first scene, uh, you get sort of scenes in TV shows or in movies that just catch you right from the beginning. Uh, yeah. And then, as I say, leading on to your sort of main scene uh, where they, they sort of meet Cleaver and stuff, and it was just like, oh, my God, this is just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where this is going to go. Right, so you're in a, and again, I, I, want to, I want to spend time talking about this, the, the sort of many experiences you've had, but yeah. uh, you're in a huge TV show, it's on Sky Atlantic, and, and you've probably got one of the most talked about scenes in the full sort of first season. So ju just what was it like, the full experience? I mean, like the, I mean for me, you know, obviously, um, you know, this is... You know, martial arts and, and film have been my life since I was a kid. You know, I've never known anything different. And, you know, I, you know, I wanted to be Bruce Lee when I was six after seeing a Bruce Lee movie. And it's sort of like, see, to get the opportunity to, to be in something like that and, and to, to be on set and to, and to, like, you know, it was, I knew how big the role was, if that made sense, in terms of, like, how iconic it could be, how it was, how it, how it, would, it would turn out. And, um, and I remember, like, I, th I think the turning point for me was, is that when, when we were there, I mean, I had put two stone on for it, so it was, like, a lot heavier than what it was. You know, it was freezing cold, we were in this old, uh, like, sort of abandoned place that had been set up, and, you know, it, like, it sort of, that added to the whole experience, because, it, like, it was quite grim. It was grim for me, because, you know, I'm sat there, I've got a thong on under my underpants, which is on the <laughs> back side. You know, like how women cope with them, I would do not know. It was like it was the most uncomfortable thing, and then I've got this added weight on on me, which I'm not used to having. Um, and then it was just cold, and it's sort of like we we shot it in like the the, the way it went. We sort we shot it as it went. So I, you know, I've got to like progressively be sort of I get angry and angry and angry. You know, for those who've seen it, as 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 the fight goes on, like you yeah, see yeah. me sort of like build up. 
Um, I had to keep this on for like the whole duration. I mean, we we filmed that. We did we did a week, and then we did two days on pickups as well. So it was, you know, you're looking at like seven days. You know, it's ten hour days. You know, it was intense. It was it was really. But the the main thing for me, like if like we just knew it, it felt special. But the scene where I go into the room and get the meat cleaver after through shopping, well, it's actually men's. There's the there's the stun double. Okay. Uh, when, when, I, when I throw men's over onto the washing machine and then he's flat out and I go in and get the meat cleaver. Obviously, Shoppe's then sat, sat down, the, the, the actor who plays Elliot. And I come out with the meat, meat cleaver and come out with meat cleaver first off and I'm standing there. And um, and he's just looking at me and obviously you can just, just see me and I'm looking like all menacing as you do. And, and I'm, I'm stood there. And then we called Cut and he come up to me and he went, that's really iconic. He yeah. said, when you come out, he said, I got goosebumps. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, you know, this, this, this is the, the lead actor. And I was just like, really? He goes, he goes, he's like, honestly, he goes, you know, you walked out. And he goes, even I was like, oh my God, you know, this is like, this is nuts. Yeah. So, we, so we sort of like, I mean, obviously, the, I mean, for me, you know, I, I, I love every opportunity that I have to be able to do what I do. And I find myself, I, I think, you know, I'm really fortunate to do what I do. Um, you know, I, I absolutely, I, I love it. You know, I'm, I'm, it's weird because like, I am like a geek. I'm a big film geek. I'm not on stuff like that. And so like, so for me, like being on set, you know, you know, especially gangs, I'm like, this is the guy you did raid. You know, and like, you're trying, you try, as, as cool as you want to be. Yeah. Like, and you, you know, and you've got to be cool, and you've got to be calm, you've got to be collective, you've got to be professional, you know, you've got all this going through your head, you know, you've got this big scene coming up, you've got a mad fight scene, you've got to look after the actor, you've got to perform, and you've got to give the drama. But deep down inside, I'm going, this is the guy off the raid, <laughs> you know? So, so it's like, it's, it's quite like, I mean, for me, you know, like, like I say, you know, I, to, to have the opportunity that I have and to be able to do the things that I do, it's just like, it, it's insane. It's insane, you know, and my little boys are an age now where he's starting to understand sort of what I do. Um, although he did say to me, because obviously he's watched a couple of the movies and he went to me, Dad, why are you so rubbish at fighting? <laughs> obviously, because I'm losing everything I'm doing. I'm just like, mate, this is just TV. This is just TV. I, I, my, my wee boy's eight now and for the first uh for the first five years, I actually had him convinced that I was Batman. And uh, <laughs> so, when, when are we going to see the, the, the Batcave and stuff? But he's now at the age where, just when you were talking about putting weight on for a, for a scene, uh, he, he's not doing my confidence any good at all because Batman's got a six pack and you don't have a six pack, Dad. Uh, so. The ruthless. Children are ruthless. Oh, you better believe it. You better believe it. That that must be important, but or or do you think it's important to to have that uh, that humility, I guess, and that still being modest and still enjoying the process because you are such a a geek, a fan of, of what you're doing. And I, 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 I always say, do you know what? It's like like when when you're in a job like that, I don't understand people have piss and moan. Sorry if there's people there, but I didn't mean to. No, that's that. fine. You're, you're okay. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I don't understand. Like, you know, we're given this opportunity to be doing something really special here. You yeah. know, it's like, you know, it, it, there's a small percentage of people that get the opportunity to do it. And I just like, I just embraced the whole, the whole time I'm there. I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, I, I'm going to watch myself 
on a on a cinema screen, and yeah. it doesn't. You know, it, like I'm gonna be like, you know, even after I'm gone, that TV series is still gonna be here. Yeah, you know, them good. them memories are still gonna be here, and it's also like I just for for me, like I just I, I embrace every moment, and I and I think to myself. Do you know what? Like, you know, I was I was a I was a kid that grew up on a in a in a rough council estate in Rock Freddy, you know. Um and I just think, you know, to to be able to do the stuff that I'm doing, it's like it's mad. It's mad, you know, and I get, I get stopped in the streets all the time. I mean, even more so now. I can't, I can't even go shopping now. Like I have people following me around supermarkets and stuff, looking at me going, It is you, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so sorry. Just the, you can see just from talking to you uh, and, and, and sort of seeing you on this screen here that, that that excitement within you, that's a lovely thing to see. It really, really yeah. is that somebody's sort of following and getting to follow their dreams. It's, it's yeah, brilliant. I mean, like, it's still funny, like, because, you know, like, I mean, like, round by mine, because obviously the windmill's like a small area. I live in a peninsula. They're over the water from Liverpool. Um, so everyone sort of knows me, you know, you know, and it, it's, it's like, or they know of me or, you know, it's just, you know, and obviously the career I had in my fight and stuff as well, I did off that, but I'm just, you know, I'm just a normal guy. I, I go into my dojos, I mop the floors, I brush the floors, I mop the floors, you know, I'm cleaning the pee up at the end of the night that the kids <laughs> have peed all over the seeds and stuff. You know, that, that's who I am. That, that, that's like, I'll never not be that guy. Yeah. You know, it's just that I'm fortunate enough at the moment to... To be doing what I do, and I think, and and I, to be honest, I think the the fact that I sort of have them both things that it keeps me. That's my yin and my yang. You know, right. that's what keeps me centered. That's what keeps me harmonized. That's what keeps me, you know, because you, you can get lost. You can get lost in that world. You know, you can get lost in in, in the whole hoopla. You know, I did when I was fighting. You know, and all of a sudden, you know, everyone's calling your name. Everyone's wanting your pictures and. You sort of like, you know, the, the worst thing that you can do is, is sort of believe your own hype, if, 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 that, if that's what, you know what yeah. I mean? So, so for me, it's just, you know, I, I still find it weird, you know, oh, I've got friends now that ask me for photographs. That's the, weird, that's the weirdest thing. I'm just, you know, I've, you know my mates are like, there's any chance of a, of a signed photo, photo from gangs. And I'm like, I'm your friend. <laughs> so, but, you know, it's... it's you know, it, it's nice to have that support and it's nice, it's nice, you know, we all, I, I always, like, I don't do it for, like, a pat on the back. And I know that sounds really stupid. You know, we see my Facebook and stuff, and, you know, everything's about self-promotion and it's promotion all this and it's just, it's all bullshit. You know, the whole, the whole, you know, for me as a person, I'm just, I'm dead quiet. I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't go out, I don't really do nothing. I train, I look after my son and I love to do. So, you know, I, I don't do the stuff that I do to be passing on the back. I do it because I absolutely love doing it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and having the opportunity to do them things. You know, the pass on the back's a bonus when you do, do a good job because you always want to do a good job. You know, yeah. as a martial artist, you know, yourself, you know, when you're doing a grade or when you're sitting in an exam, the, the, the one thing that you want to do is perform to the best of your ability. Yeah. So for me... That, 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 that's what it's about. And, you know, if someone goes, oh, that was, you know, I've had celebrities that I don't even know, like, message me, you know, big, big celebrities, you know, off TV shows and films and stuff, after after gangs and these things, you know, we've been friends on, on social media. Yeah. But we've never spoke. And then as soon as gangs come out, they're, like, messaging me, saying how great it was. And, and I'm just, but, and, and that's another thing I'm sitting there going, my God, sometimes just message me. And I'm like, sometimes just, you know, I, like that, that's how, how much of a, like, a fan I am. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't, 
like I have never I've never, I don't do it for for the praise, but it's nice to to get that pat on the back. You know, it's nice that people appreciate your work. But yeah. you know, as long as I'm giving a hundred percent, and as long as I'm getting the chance to perform and be able to do what I do, I'm not really, I'm not really bothered. You know, it's it's just you know, it's 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 being there. It's it's you know, having that opportunity. You know, these people like who I've idolised and looked up to for years, and then next thing I'm on, you know, I worked with Gary Oldman last last year or the year before, and you're like. You know, Gary Oldman, and like you're like an old day, you know, and it's it's like, yeah, yeah. it's just it, it's not it's not you know fighting Dave Batista, it's like I mean, you know I've, it's like fighting Dave Batista, yeah. and yeah. and the more like I it's the, the weirdest thing is that I like the I've done these things, and it's not until someone like reminds me what I've sort of done. I mean, I've got I've got stuff all over my house that I see it, but then when it's when someone reminds me, and actually sit down and go. I thought they could still left, you know, it's like... That, that's probably a good point uh, to bring up because I can't believe, as I say, I was taking some notes this morning, uh, knowing that we were going to be chatting this afternoon, and I've, I've actually missed, <laughs> actually missed Gary Oldman off the list. So, yeah. I was making a wee list of people that you've actually had. I mean, the, the timelines of the podcast that I do uh, jump about, so, so bear with me, right? But Yeah, yeah. Uh, Right, Gary Oldman, okay. Yeah. Dave Batista, John Cusack, Billy Bob Thornton, your friend Michael Bisping, Noel Clark, Stormzy. The list goes on and on. And as I say, I've kind, I've probably missed out the most famous actor there that you've just mentioned. I can't, even, I can't believe that I haven't wrote <laughs> Gary Oldman down. Uh, yeah. Right. So, I think what we'll do, as I say, we, I tend to jump about. Let, let's. That was, Let's jump back a bit and, and, and go from you growing up, same as I did, and I, and I still do, staying in a small sort of council estate, uh, through all your martial arts experience, to, <laughs> to end up fighting Dave Batista in a lift. Crazy. It's just insane. I mean, you know, I, I say this all the time, and you know, I, like I'll always, I'll always say it because it's true to to what it is. I was like five, six years old. I watched, you know, we, we all gathered around at my nan and granddad's because <clears throat> uh, they were the first people to get a VHS video recorder. So we're all there. Uh, you know, it, it sounded like a tank was pulling up to your house when you just pressed eject. But yeah. we were there, and we'd been to like the Jolly Roger video shop, and we got two two movies, and it was The Big Boss and Monty Python: The Holy Grail. So the whole family gathered together to like have this experience to watch it. It was, it was in the middle of the day, and uh, the first put first film I think put on was The Big Boss with Bruce Lee. So we all sat there and watched it. And then the scene where he comes back, you know, everyone's been slaughtered, and he's in the house, yeah. and he slips on the blood. Well, I was sick. I was like five, and I was sick <laughs> because he's seeing the blood and stuff. But I just developed this like obsession with Bruce Lee, like yeah. like a bizarre obsession with Bruce Lee, um, and I just also like you know I connected with this guy that wasn't even speaking in English, you know his voice was dubbed, you know, and I, I just you know for 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 a, a young kid to be able to like sort of see someone like that, and then like I just wanted like and I think so like like subconsciously I I, I was like. I want to be Bruce Lee when I grow up. That's, that's yeah. what I want to do. I want to be Bruce Lee. And then I sat down recently with an interview and I was like, and I was sitting there and I was just like, I was like, hang on a minute. I was like, I wanted to be Bruce Lee, right? And then I started like doing this checklist and I was like, 
Right, okay. So, I mean, I'm not saying I'm you know what I mean? But I was no, like, I, 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 I wanted to be like him. Yeah. So then I was like, I'm martial arts. I was world champion. I've gone into movies and I'm like, you know, I'm doing a pretty good job of yeah, taking the I hear exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So, so, it was, so I remember sitting there and, you know, I just, I just become obsessed. My dad, I started off with uh, traditional jujitsu. Uh, there was no, there was like, and it was this. This was like a tiny, tiny, small class. Yeah. Um, it was in the um, Fedington Civic Centre, and I remember we got enrolled in, and the, the class stopped for for one reason or another. And then the only the only things that you could do in the eighties when I when I was a kid in the early eighties was either karate or judo. There was no other martial arts. There was none. There was no mixed martial arts. You know, there wasn't even any hardly any taekwondo schools around the time. Yeah. If you wanted to do kung fu, you could only do it in, in Liverpool and Chinatown. So you know, and you'd be you'd be training over there and doing doing it over there. Like it was very very it was very hard. So I signed up to do uh, Shotokan, and um, and that, that that was that was my first, my first martial art. And like you know, uh, it, obviously you know it was like rigid. And I just remember thinking, I'm gonna minute. Bruce Lee fought these guys and Fist of Fiori. I'm the bad guy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was sitting there, like, but I mean, I, you know, I, I stuck with shows. Show, I did karate for oh, years. I did it for years, but I never like. I never really. My friends knew I did it, you know. I never really like advertised that I did it. It was for it was for me. It was my thing. It was what I wanted to do. And then obviously over the years of reading reading loads of stuff, I'm, I always wanted to do Kung Fu, I always wanted to do a Chinese martial arts, you know, yeah. I like the frequency of it, I like the softness, I like the way you can go from soft to hard and stuff. Yeah. So, I think it was about, uh, my dad's, my dad's best, one of my dad's best friends at the time was, is my Sifu now, Master Brian McKinney. Yeah. So, he, he was the first person, I remember as a child, he's been in my life since I was, since I was born, I remember as a child, he was the first person that gave me my first Bruce Lee book, he gave me this like this like magazine book thing when I was a kid, um, and I was just like ah. Oh. And then I think we were about I was about fourteen, and he started off his his own martial arts school, <clears throat> and um, doing uh, wushu and stuff like this. So I done I done I did karate. I done a bit of uh, bits and bobs of other other little things in between, and then I started I started with Brian and did did like the wushu and the karate. I did tai chi, qigong. You know, it just I just sort of like I, I was there. I, I lived I, like I lived there. I got up in the morning. I run to the, I run to the gym. I had my own set of keys. I opened up. I trained every morning. Yeah. Then I'd lock up. I'd run to school for, from the gym. I'd get a shower in in the school. Yeah. I'd be training for dinner hour. Run straight back to the to the gym once. I, I just I lived and breathed it. I remember, you know, all all the, the lads that I used to train with were like, you used to come in, you'd be in the corner, like sat like Van Damme and split with like a Bruce Lee book. He says it was just like, it was just like that. You were just that obsessed, and it, and what you know it was, and like I remember reading, like obviously Bruce Lee said, take what's useful, discard the rest. And I remember him. I remember many many articles, you know, talking about all the different types of fight discipline and stuff like this. You know, even down to dancing, I even because Bruce Lee danced, I even took dance lessons. Yeah. I did dancing for three, you know, I did dancing for for so many years because of it. And I just, I just thought, you know, there's got like this guy changed the world, you know, and he did it like probably at one of the toughest times yeah. to to be Chinese or to be any other ethnicity around yeah. that around that era other than white. But he changed the, the world. He changed everyone's view on how, how... And I was like, this is just this, like, 
five foot odd Chinese guy who was just like so special at what he did. And it, it, I think, I, I think just, I mean, without knowing all that, I just, uh, it was, he was obviously just very, very special, very charismatic on screen. Um, and that was it. I just, I just become com completely obsessed. Started in Chinese martial arts. Then I was doing like traditional um, karate championships. I won that. I won that. I was the youngest champion of the, of the BKA for Kumite fighting uh, in the senior section. I, was, I think I was about 16, 17 at the time. Oh, I fought like a 50 degree in the final. I remember it, was, honestly. He hit me with this reverse punch and I felt like I'd been an alien. I fought, like, he'd be honest. I've never been, and even to this day, like, I've had fights all over the world and I fought the biggest, toughest guys there is. Yeah. And that is the one punch that yeah, just... You remember them, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So there, it was just a, like, Chudan uh, Oizuki, it was just like a reverse punch. Yeah. And I, I like, I, I fought, he went through my spine and then tickled <laughs> the back of the head. It was that, it was that strong. Um, but, you know, and then, obviously from there, like, I, I played football for a couple of years in between. I was, I was quite good at football, but... Um, and then I had an injury and sort of from, from the football, uh, which sort of ended my, my short career. And then I remember just one day, I, I'd been training and stuff, and I was with <clears throat> I was with one of my ex-girlfriends, <clears throat> excuse me, and I was lying there, and I, I remember I, I bought like martial arts illustrated, and they did advertise the WK Nationals. And I just like, I remember opening it, and I just went, this, this is the morning. And I was like, should we go to Manchester? And she was like, what morning? I was like, I'm going to fight. And she was like, you know what? And I was like, I'm just going to fight. Nice. So I went up to the WKAs. Uh, and I just thought to myself, well, I'll sign in. And I signed in. And like, I hadn't fought for, for a few years. Mm -hmm. And then I come like third in the Nationals. And I hadn't like trained. I've just got like a heart. I've just got heart. And I, tried, and I, and I, and I, tried, and I had some bloodbaths as well. I had some terrible fights. Like, and I, and I come third and I was like, oh, I'll come third. And I was made up and then I come home and then I got a letter then to fight for, for, for Great Britain. Um, was that your first experience in, because that was going to be one of my questions, actually. That was one, that was your first experience in, in sport martial arts then? You mean? I, I, I've done, I've done a little bit of, you know, I, like, I remember Alfie Lewis had a tournament in Walton years ago, and I was like, it was like the Karate Kid moment, I had my dad on the mat, I'm in my white gear and everything else, is in sport martial arts gear, and I was like, what's going on here? Yeah. But, but I beat one of Alfie's lads in the semis, he broke my fingers, one of his lads, um, and then I come to the final, and I literally just taped my fingers up and fought the final, and I ended up winning. But I remember all Alfie's lads running on and lifting me up, and I was just with my dad. Uh -huh. um, and it, like I remember that, that like that 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 that, that time. Um, so I'd, I'd had a little bit, and then I sort of like sort of divorced into the semi and stuff. And then I had this 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 like little period out. Um, and then I just come back, and I just like I say, you know, just I, I just opened a magazine one more. I always, I, you know, any type of martial art magazine that come out monthly. I bought it. Yep. So it, it, to be honest, it wasn't until a few years ago that I actually got rid of them. I've, I've still got, I've got like every edition of uh, Fighting Arts, Terry O'Neill's Fighting Arts. You know, I've got like the first edition of Budo, which was like 1960 something, you know, mm -hmm. in the go-go. Yeah. So it's like, I was just, I was just, you know, I was that obsessed. And then, you know, going to the WKAs and I remember turning up and it was so, it was when competitions were busy. You know, the, the, you know, they sort of like, 
I think they've been. I think they've just been. There's that many now that no one knows where to go. Whereas yeah. back then, you just had big, big competitions. I remember turning up, and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> it was so busy." George Carnell, and then I got I got picked to fight for for Great Britain. Um, and at the time, I was playing for um, Jason McAteer's football team on a Sunday. Uh, basically, he asked me to look after young lads because he had young lads that were playing sort of even on sort of the, the brink of professional contacts but right, okay. he needed well, they were only young kids and he need like I mean I wasn't young myself but he needed someone to sort of like look after them if anyone kicked off so basically I was his like little muscle if you like <laughs> but I remember I remember coming in I got I got the I got the letters and stuff and I come I come in and uh Jace was there and I was like listen I said I'm not gonna be able to 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 play no more. I said you know I'll give you a couple of weeks I said to, to find someone but I've been picked a fight for Great Britain and that and he's like, oh, right, okay, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, brilliant. Cheers, mate. He was a good friend of mine, obviously, Jason. And then the next week, he come in with a cheque and he paid for my whole first trip. So if it, wasn't, if it wasn't for Jason, I probably wouldn't have got to fight in that first world championships. And Where would he have been playing at that time then? I think I think he was a Blackburn at the time. So, yeah, I think he was a Blackburn at the time. And he, he, you know, he funded it and... Um, I mean, I haven't seen him. For, I haven't seen him for years. I would like to see him now because obviously... You know that sort of like that hit that phase of him doing that, yeah. like has led me to me to be starting in Gangs of London. Yeah. You know, it's a sort of like it. You know, it, it catapulted sort of my motivation and my thing. So I'd like to see him to say, you know, to thank you for for giving me that opportunity. Just as long as he doesn't ask for the money back. <laughs> it's, it's it's amazing how people can just do just wee sort of acts of kindness and it and. And maybe don't even yeah. think about it, and it just changes people's. Well, I, I said to him on a thing. I said, "Do you want me to, to like go in a paper and that?" And he's like, "No, no, no." He goes, "Everyone will ask. You know, everyone will then ask me yeah. the sponsorship." You know. Um, so he said, "Instead, put JWM." He said, "Just put JWM," which is his initials. Mm-hmm. He said, "And just just say like thank JWM for the sponsorship and just keep it at that." So that's so it done. Uh, so yeah, it would be, it would be nice. I should I should try and get in touch. Really, you know, trying to corner. So <laughs> just to just you know, but it, it, like I say, it's it, it it was that you know you you look at you look at different things that happened in your life, and it was at that it was at that point that he he gave me that inspiration to, to to go on and to fight and and to give me the motivation to to have a new path and a, a new desire to do stuff. You know, and obviously on the back of that, I went on to win six world titles. You know, so the Europeans. I got disqualified quite a lot. Um, but it's just you, just you, just you know. I, and I, and then I had the opportunity to fight all over the world, just just from that. You know, as you say, that one kind of moment. I remember driving. Uh, we drove all the way down to one of uh, Richard Hopkins' championships. Uh, yeah. and uh, I don't know what the rules are like now, but for for whatever reason, and some of the Wimmer competitions were they were tough enough, and uh, you weren't allowed to draw blood. So yeah. we stay we stay half an hour from Glasgow and drove all the way down to Cheltenham and and this is God's honest truth and I only tell this story for the humour of it uh, certainly not sort of boasting it's nothing to boast about but I remember the very first fight of the day it was either a backfist or or a jab or whatever it was bust bust the guy's nose blood was drawn and I was instantly disqualified. Just when you're talking about being disqualified. So that, that's a true story. A six-hour drive, be like Hamilton, oh, well. all the way down to Cheltenham. 
I, I, I used to turn up to Richard's things, to competitions, and I, I had a phrase where, like, I got disqualified a lot. So, and it was like, I remember turning up to one of his and them going on the door, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, oh, we got our hands full today. So, but, you know, I mean, I think that was the fun of it, wasn't it? You, you know, you know the, 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 like, back in the day, you know, the, 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 the sports martial arts side, you know, you had, you, it's funny, like, because, like, you had all these, like, friends who weren't friends. They were really enemies, but then they were friends. And it was sort of everything was intertwined. And, but then when you got on the mat, you, you, that, that was it. It was, yeah. just, that, that was just the way it was. You know, you fought for, for what you wanted to do. And, you know, I, I, like, I cherish, I cherish, I mean, I cherish all our memories, you know, I cherish, you know, I've, I've fought with some of the greatest fighters, like, ever, you know, you know, I, I fought on, on Great Britain teams, and I've travelled the world with some, some, like, phenomenal, phenomenal talent, you know, Michael Page, yep. we, went, we, we went over to Cyprus over there, you know, that was, that, 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 that tournament over in Cyprus was probably the best tournament. I got, I had to pull out to the semis because I lost the feeling in one of my arms. Um, <laughs> I just lost it. I mean, my arm went, I could move it, but it just went dead. But the doctor wouldn't let me fight. And then we were like, just give us, just give us like a, like a day or for it to come back. And, yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? I've never, like, even when I've gone on to win full contact titles, and I've never fought like I did. You're on that, like you know, on that ring sport, on on that competition, um, you know, but you know, you know, Robbie Hughes, Brendan Mitty, you know, some of the fighters like that. I I had the opportunity to, you know, Mark Ware, Paul, you know, John Lloyd, uh, Ed Loft. You know, you look back at some of the teams, and I'm like, wow, you know, Natasha Bowman, you know, Nat Nat Natasha's like the greatest female, you know, kickboxer in the world. She's, you know, she's just, you know, so having. And, and these were when they were kids, and like obviously I was a little bit older. And then you, you know you, you see them now, and how much like how much they've blossomed and gone on and gone on to like you know some of them have gone on to dominate the world. I mean, look at Michael, you know yeah. what, he, what he does in, in in Bellator and stuff. And it's just like having that opportunity and their memories, and and it's like it it it's funny because doing things like this when it brings it back it makes me happy. Yeah. Because you, as much as you don't forget it, you just sort of like. You put it aside, don't you? And it's only when you sort of start talking about it or you bump into someone that like shared them experiences yeah. with you. Um, but yeah, but I think did Robbie Hughes go on to be a dentist? Yeah, he's like one of the top dentists in the world. And that so, that always that always makes me giggle when I see that because I think how much uh, how much dental uh, problems did he cause people? <laughs> <laughs> and, now, and now he dedicates his life to to fixing them. But yeah, he dedicated his life to knocking them out. Now he's dedicated to fixing well, them. That's it. Uh, it's just so strange to be a world class fighter now, like a, a world class dentist. That one always, that one always sort of made me. Uh, I mean, the, the, the thing with the likes of Robbie and stuff is though, like when 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 I was I was trying to like, it it takes it takes a special person to be a certain type of person. So and like if 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 like. You look at what he achieved in that short space of time. Whatever else he was going to put his mind to, he was going to be the best at what he did because yeah. he doesn't know any other way, you know. And it's sort of like you know, I say to kids all the time, like all oh, the kids. The reason I the reason I do martial arts skills, not run martial arts skills, is for the simple reason is I want to give kids the opportunity. 
that martial arts give me. That's it. Simple. You know, and I don't like, and, and I say to, to the kids and I'm like, I'm like, what you've got to understand is, is that although it may just feel like you're kicking and punching and sometimes it feels like you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. And as bored as, as bored as you get, and you have these moments where one minute you're in love with it, the next minute you're despising it, the next minute you're like, oh, it's just all right. I said, you're creating something that you don't understand what's happening inside you. I was like, I went from liking a Bruce Lee movie when I was a kid to working in Hollywood movies and like just being on like the Brit, the, 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 one of the most successful TV shows in, in Britain on, on Sky. So you sort of like, so for me, like when I say to the kids, I'm like, it's trying to get it into their heads. And I have, I have a, I am a firm believer in that. The only person that can stop you failing at anything in your life is you. It's nobody else. It's yeah. you. Yeah. Because people, the, the minute someone's told no, people give up and they'll just keep giving up. And for me, it's like, like I wasn't the greatest fighter. I wasn't the greatest fighter, but I just would not give up. Mm. I mean, you know, and every time I got beat, I always seen it as one step closer to be to winning. I didn't mm. say there's like, oh, it's another defeat. I was like, okay, I got beat, but I did a bit better that time. Mm -hmm. And I used to think there's only be so many times where I get beat before I win and before it allows me to go on. And I use that attitude with everything, like kicking and you know, throwing certain kicks. I remember when, when we were doing karate and stuff and being able to do stuff. And, like, back in the day, you couldn't do a spring kick until you were, like, brown belt. Yeah. You just didn't allow you to do it. Yeah. So you were just, like, key on blocking. You know, it was, like, key on kata, you know. And you just sort of, I was, like, I want to throw spring kicks like Bruce Lee. And, and it's, like, no, 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 no. And I was, I was a brown belt for, they wouldn't grade me when I was a kid. Um, to black belt because they wouldn't allow it. It's just what they never. Yeah. It's just what they, they did. They never used to allow kids like to grade and, to, and like proper traditional schools. They just yeah. didn't. Be, so, so I was a brown belt for six years. Yeah. Six years. Yeah. So I seen people join, get a black belt and leave whilst <laughs> I was still on brown belt. Yeah. So, so that that enabled me to sort of like build this resilience to to like sort of going. Do you know what? the end goal is there you've just got to keep working for it and that's what I say to the kids and every kid that comes to the club I'm like you know it's easy for your mates to knock on your door and for you to follow suit and like not do your school work or not do the stuff that you want to do or not even be who you want to be yeah. because if they feel like they have to do something I was never that kid I was I was as antisocial back then as what I am now <laughs> you know because because this is my life. It's like, this, this is my life. This is who I want to be. And I want to be like, I want to go, like, I'm, I'm, I want to go away from this knowing that what I leave behind for my son and for my, my son's children and stuff like that is a, sort of like my own legacy that they can look up to and take sort of, um, look at it and go, oh, you know, my, my granddad did this or my great-granddad went on to do this yeah. and sort of give it that little bit of inspiration. You know, I've sacrificed lot, lots of stuff and lots of opportunities, you know, and, and it's like, and I just, I just think to myself, you know, if, if you can, if you can, even if I influence one kid, one kid, 
like out of the thousands of kids that come through my door through the martial arts training, if I can influence one kid's life and change one kid's life and say something or do something that makes them go on to do something different, then that, that I'm happy. That's it. That my, my job is done as a martial arts instructor. You know, it's not. I, I firmly believe that it's not about you know teaching people to kick and punch. It's teaching people to sort of like understand who they are, understand what they can get from themselves, understand that you know they have their own choices within their life to be able to push forward and to be able to go on to do and achieve. You know, and like you know, like like I said before, the only person that ever stops you from doing anything is you. Nobody else. Nobody else. That really resonates. I, I always have a giggle uh, if I'm looking through uh, like your social media. And I, I, rem I, remember, I remember one in particular, actually, and I think, I don't know whether you were working or auditioning down in London or whatever, and I always remember thinking, ah, yep, yeah, that's the guy, because you, you were at a cinema, and you were, I think you took like a video or something, because there was no video <laughs> there, and uh, you, were, you were absolutely happy as Larry. Now, <laughs> sitting chatting to you today, I think you're, people always, uh, they don't criticise, that's unfair, but they'll, they'll comment on uh, how unsociable or antisocial I am. Uh, and I, you've, just, you've just hit a, the nail on the head there. I don't think that's what it is, because speaking to you, you're one of the most sort of personable people that I've spoke to in a good while. Uh, but when I wake up in the morning, I want to watch martial arts or fighting videos. And then I want to read about it, and then I want to go and teach it, and then I want to go and train on it. And and we, I think, if you're into something as much as we're into it, you just get into your own wee world, I guess. And yeah. It's it, 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 to, to what people don't understand, right? And like this, like, and this is this is what people like. Everyone says to me, "You're unsocial." I'm not unsocial. I just don't tolerate <laughs> dickheads. I don't like. I'm not like everybody else. It's like, and, and it's just like, and it's like this whole fluffing stuff up. Like, I hate the way people fluff, fluff stuff up. And, and they, they will allow someone, right, to ruin their whole night just because they don't want to hurt their feelings. They know that they're going to ruin a night because this is what this person does. But rather than go, mate, you're a bit of a bell end. Go away. They go, oh, I can't hurt his feelings. Whereas I'm like, hang on a minute. This is my night. Yeah. I'm paying for this night. I've come out to enjoy my night. Yeah. I'm not letting you, you ruin my night. And I think people may misunderstand that. And in terms of like, you know, the, the antisocialness, I like being around people that stimulate my mind and, and stimulate who I am. If, I, if I'm in surroundings with people who I share, they say, I've got lots of friends. I've got lots of friends. But if I'm in, in like a circle with people that share the same interests and stuff with me, I'm fine. But the problem that I have is there's too many sheep out there. There's too many people like like one, um, like I, I, I'm, I'm like for me like my son is my life. He, he is my my complete life, and and I want to be the best dad that I can possibly be and stuff. So when I see people being bad parents, that bugs me. Yeah. Do you know, you know what I mean? It's like, like, and I don't mean like, I just mean in terms of the way some people live their life. You know, that's not for me. That, that's not my thing. You yeah. know, and you're, you know, your child, you know, your child's at an age where they see this and they're going to grow up and they're going to do exactly the same things you're doing, yeah. regardless of what, what, what you want to do. It's not for me. That life's not for me. I'm not interested. 
but that doesn't make me antisocial just because I'm not interested in, in or just because I don't go out every weekend and get bladdered and, and follow the same suits as, as everyone else. That doesn't, that doesn't make me antisocial. I don't like people. I think a lot of people are morons. <laughs> So, honestly, I think I think I think I think the general the the general sort of population are idiots, you know, and and they're just they're just led by a, 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 like a lead, you know, like like a horse. They're just getting followed around, and 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 that's what frustrates me. It's like you know, if you had any intelligence and took removed yourself away from the bigger picture and just looked at life, mm-hmm. and not you know, it's like turn your news off for two weeks. Yeah. And then go and live your life. Yeah. You know, don't listen to the radio. Don't listen. I don't listen to normal stuff. Never have. Doesn't interest me. Do you know what I mean? I don't watch. I don't watch normal telly because it's just full of like stuff to to get into into people's heads. But then you have like you have. I just. I'm. I just. I don't mix well with like. I don't know. I wouldn't even call them normal people because I'm normal. I would like the you know, the minions. Should we call them minions? <laughs> my my. My 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 sort of close friends and who, who and, and there isn't many of them and my students who sort of know me well uh, they'll always have a laugh about this and a lot of the students say that I should be I should buy I, I never wear sunglasses they always say I should buy sunglasses to hide how often I roll my eyes and stuff uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna edit this bit of the podcast because you I think you you might have summed up my feelings in a way that I could never do. So I'm going to edit this week back the podcast and just keep it my phone and then just play it when somebody, when somebody asks. Uh, right, okay, Let, let's, get, let's get back in, back in track. So we're going, to start, uh, we're going to start really name dropping here. And I think this is the link between the, the martial arts career, which has obviously been fantastic, and then getting into your stunt work and your acting. Yeah. So let's have a chat about Benny Arquides. Yeah, I mean, Benny, and again, you know, he's another one that changed my life. You know, I, I went on, I went on a holiday um, around 2005, and I went, went on vacation, shall we say, because it's in America. So we went on vacation <laughs> to America in 2005, and like, um, I remember emailing before, and it was like the old you know, dial and tone email. So it took it about three weeks to do anything. And I was emailing his, his, his gym uh, in West Hollywood and, and just said, you know, I'm coming over to visit. I'd like to come to the gym. Is there any chance I could train? They were like, yeah, just, you know, get a come, come in and sort of thing. So as soon as I landed in, into LA, I got, I got to my, my hotel. The first thing he did was ring up and I was like, you know, could I come down tomorrow? And he was like, yeah, come down. So get there. Uh, the lad on the desk, Cody, is uh, a friend of mine now. Um, he, I felt like I was getting interviewed, you know what I mean? It was like, I turned up with my girlfriend at the time and she she rolled her eyes. She's like, oh, what are we doing? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, we can't go to LA and not go to any of any things. The yeah. whole premise was for, for me. So, um, so yeah, so, so get there and he's like, he's like, so do you want to do some training? I was like, well, I haven't got my stuff because I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't want to be the guy that rocks up with his bag and goes, oh, I'm just here to train. Yeah. It's not me. It's, it's not the way I am. I wanted to get to know them. I wanted to introduce myself. I want them to feel me out and then, you know, if they're happy with me training, then I'll go back. It, it turns out, you take me into the back. Benny's got a shop in the back. I get to get some clothes and stuff. And then, um, and then I come in, so we go into the bag room and I'm, I'm like banging a bag and I'm like to my girlfriend, take a picture with this bag, take a picture with you know, any bag that was Benny the Jets I was getting a picture with. 
And then his wife come in and knocks on the window. So she knocks on the window. So I open this, like it was in this like room. So I open the window and stuff and she's there. So then she asked me questions and I feel like I'm getting interviewed by her. So I was like, I was like, oh, this is the weirdest. Mm -hmm. So anyway, just cracking on. I'm just living my life, happy as Larry. And then she comes back to the window, knocks on the window. And she's like, listen, Sensei Benny's on his way back. He wants to meet you. Well, that was it, wasn't it? I was just like, my mind was just like blown. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to meet Benny the Jet. So she goes, I'm like, she's like trying to be that cool. You know, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I'll get a shower and, you know, I'll wait for, I'll wait for Benny and stuff. Yeah. So she, she goes. I start going, oh my God, what's going on? What's going on? You know, Benny the Jet, Benny the Jet. So the girlfriend I was with doesn't get it. She, yeah. She's not like, she just thinks I'm training and some guys, guys doesn't understand. I'm like, stop filming Jackie Chan and like Roadhouse and Street Fighter and like started that and she's just like, oh yeah. <laughs> so we're going to get showered and changed and I come back through, sat at reception and I'm waiting for him. And as soon as he comes in, he just comes straight up to me, hugs me. He's like, hey Lee. Sit down. I reckon it was like it must have been two to three hours. We just he just sat there with me, yeah. and talked to me for ages, and like it was just. And he's he's like you know yourself, it master heel chow. You know yeah. when you're around and people, you don't have to be shown anything to learn something. Yeah. It's like just being around them and just being in the presence of being with them. Yeah, is like more than anything. You can learn more. You don't you don't even have to watch them throw a punch or anything. Yeah. Just listening to like their like the way of life and the way that they they present themselves and the way that yeah. they think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm there and we have this conversation and I'm just in my head. I'm just like it's Benny the Jets, you know, Grace point blank, you know. And I'm just like I was going, I'd like I was like that's probably like the like the biggest kiddie moment I've ever had. Um, and then he says to Cody, he's like, so what are you doing while you're in LA? And I was like, I'm just going to train. I'm going to come here and train and I'm going to float around and stuff. And other arranged to go to a few other places and stuff. And he comes up to me and he goes, be here tomorrow morning, nine o'clock. So I just went, all right, you know, no problem. So we come out and my girlfriend goes, where are we going tomorrow? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, yeah. did you not think to ask? And I was like, <laughs> If Benny the Jet gives me a dress and tells me to be there at nine o'clock the next morning, I'm going to be there. I don't have to ask what it's for. Yeah, yeah. So he, he's like, just bring your bag and your stuff. So I was like, all right. So obviously, get up the next morning, like that, get, you know, flying down the yellow, yellow taxi. I'm in the taxi. <laughs> I'm all dead excited. And I go to San Santa Monica in Fairfax. And um, I was at the Lee Strasberg. So it's like one of the biggest acting things in the world. And next thing, I'm just learning how to act and do stunts. Free, totally free of charge. Benny yeah. puts, uh, puts me on it. Then he's showing me, driving me around Beverly Hills and taking me everywhere. And, and like, honestly, the, the whole experience was just like, it was just mind blowing. You know, I got to meet celebrities, got to train with celebrities. I just like, I, I was phoning home and like, everyone was like, what are you doing what? And I was like, no, seriously, this is happening. So I remember it was, it was my last day uh, when I was in LA, you know, I was in the gym. And I was training, and uh, me and a guy called Steve were training, and Scott Wyland was in there from Velvet Revolver, Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, I know. Like, I had my Velvet Revolver t-shirts and my suitcase back in the hotel. So I'm there, and, like, and obviously, it was just mad. So the phone goes, and Sarah goes to me, Lee, it's for you. And I'm thinking, who's phoning me? And I'm in LA. I'm in, I'm in Hollywood, you know what I mean? Who's phoning me? I'm in Benny Desert Gym. So we get on the phone and this female voice comes on. She's like, hey, Lee. And it was Shannon Lee. 
And yeah. she said, you know, we know that you're going to Seattle to pay your respects to my, my dad and, and my brother. We just put this, like, marble seat down, you know, feel free to sit on it. And, you know, thanks for sending the word and stuff. So now I've got this message off Bruce Lee's doors and I'm just like, what is going on? So, so it finishes. And um, so before we finish this, the, 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 the training sessions and stuff, now I'm saying farewell to Benny. And, and Benny's like, you know, I want you to be my ambassador for the UK and Europe. And I'm thinking, you know, it's a nice little gesture, you know, and saying, nah, you know, just like a little, like, and he's like, and then he went, now you're officially part of my stunt team. I want you to be part of my stunt team. So I'm like, oh, this is nice. You know, it's a nice way to finish it. Didn't think none of it. So I go off to Vegas. Then I went to, excuse me, to Seattle, see Bruce Lee and stuff. I come back to the UK. And I think I've been in the UK about two, three weeks. And then I was at home. It was when we, when we used to have house phones. Obviously, no one, no one has a house phone anymore. Well, Mings has just rang. Happy oh, was it? <laughs> So, so we have, it's when people had house phones. I remember being in, in, in the house with my, with my girlfriend and the phone went and she's like, Lee, it's for you. And I was like, I was like, who is it? And she goes, Benny. And I just went, Benny, you? I was like, I don't know any Benny. I was like, and then she's like, calls the phone. She's like, Benny, Benny. Yeah, so I was Benny. like, oh, I was like, shit. So we got on the phone, like, you know, like, I'm dancing down the stairs, but like trying to compose myself. So we get on the phone, I'm like, hi, Sensei. And he's like, hey, Lee, he goes, we're coming to the UK. We're making a film. Uh, we, I want you to be uh, John Cusack's training and stuff. Um, you know, I hope persist and stuff like this. Can you get time off work? So I went into work. I asked for time off. They didn't get me yet, so I quit. Yep. Quit, quit, I quit a really good job as well. Um, but I thought, I'm never going to get this opportunity again. I'm never going to be, be given this opportunity to be able to do something. So I helped... Uh, train train Johnny for the thing. I've been onto I've been onto set a couple of times and did, 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 did like a little bit and stuff and and then we finished that and then it was like another couple of like like a month or so passed by and then next time it was like we're going out to Bulgaria we'll fly out to Bulgaria. the next thing I'm in Bulgaria I'm working on more ink with Ben Kingsley and like Hilary Dorf and Marissa Tomai and Dan Aykroyd and Joan Cusack and and I'm standing there and I'm like what is going on here? You know, you know, it was, it was just like, you know, but Sensei Benny is like, you know, they always say never meet your idols, you yeah. know, just, you know, because of certain things, but, you know, he, 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 without a shadow of a doubt, has been sort of one of the, one of the most influential people in my life. Um, not only because he was, I was a big fan and I was a hero beforehand, but also, you know, he gave this lad who just walked into his gym on, on, on holiday like this massive opportunity and he didn't need to give me it. He didn't need to do anything. And, and he took, took he, he just took me in and, you know, the, ta- the time I, I, I've spent with him and, like, and, and the stuff we've done and when he's been in the UK, you know, I did a couple of other films after that with him. Um, and he just, just, just being... So I mean, I remember when, when, when obviously I first got associated with them, nobody believed me. And they were like, you were like, oh, and I was just like, I was like, seriously, you know, like, wow. And it's just like, I had to do like, I, I had to get a lot, I had to do a lot of hard work for people to believe that, you know, I, I was genuinely part of, 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 of this, this guy's thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know, just, you know, being, being with, being with him and doing, doing the things that I, I've done, as, as created this and 
I, you know, I speak to him quite a lot. I speak to, his, to, to him and his wife quite a lot. You know, he did a video for me during lockdown from a student. And, yeah. you know, it, it just sort of like, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite, I'm quite taken back by the fact that you know this, this, this absolute like legend of the martial arts has, has sort of like been able to give me the opportunity that I've been given and open that door and and it's just yeah again you know it's my mind blowing when you sit sit back and you actually think about it. One of the things, uh, excuse me, one of the the. And again, it's not something that I want to particularly sort of get into, but uh, one, I, I, I'm, well, I've started, so let, let's go for it. I'm, I'm really against the, the modern, uh, the modern idea of what a Hall of Fame should be. Now, yeah. we're talking about somebody like Benny the Jet or Kides. Well, what you, what you mean is when someone just sticks them on a postal thing and sends them out and you, you have Hall of Fames like four or five times a year just to cash in on money. Lee. <laughs> so, uh, I'll say it. Right, okay. The only, so, I, I, I've been invited twice. Now, this is somebody who I've been involved in, in teaching and in, in training in Taekwondo for 34 years. That's a long time. Uh, but a Hall of Fame should, for me should be, and it's not floating your boat, it should be for people who are like six times world champions, or to the other extreme, somebody like Grandmaster Cho, or a Benny Arquides, or a Terry O'Neill. Yeah. I'm sorry, and if people find it uh, controversial, seven-year-olds and ten-year-olds should not be in the Hall of Fame. Anyway, this is me getting to the point. No, I mean, do you know, do you know, do you know what though, right? And... Like, I completely, completely agree. And I'll say it because I don't give a shit. I don't care who, I don't care who you're upset. I don't, I don't give a shit. Right. It's like, if you get a Hall of Fame letter, right? Mm -hmm. If you get a Hall of Fame letter and I say to someone, why are you in the Hall of Fame? And they can't explain to you why they're in the Hall of Fame. And they don't know why they're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. That letter, right, should be personalised. Not printed out and written by her with your name on the top of it, right? It should be personalised to you, and it should give you a breakdown of why you are in the Hall of Fame, right? right? Not because you're selling tickets and it pays for my yearly salary to be able to go on to do stuff. But the, the the thing that the and this what I'm trying to, the the point of this story is 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 that uh, the Hall of Fame that I'm talking about was attended by. I think two or three year, years ago, Benny Arquides. Yeah, and do you know why he was attended by Benny? Yeah, yeah. Because Benny was there with, with me, right? And that same Hall of Fame, right? Even though I did everything for them all weekend, including pick Benny up and took him to all the seminars and stuff, yeah. didn't give me a Hall of Fame certificate <laughs> because I hadn't paid for a ticket for my meal. Right, well, here's the point. <laughs> I... I the, the, the year before when I had been nominated, apparently, and had, had said no, the second year, maybe a year later or whatever, it came in and I, the people that know me will know how uh, passionate I am about this, but the fact that there was a chance to meet Benny Arquides, I kind of thought about it for a second and thought to myself, oh, what do I do here? What, what do I do here? I'm I'm happy that my uh, 
I'm happy that my morals won the day. Do you know? Do you know when 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 these things first started off and stuff, and you know, it's like you know, I, I like you know, I don't, I don't, I don't sort of object to people getting stuff if you if that it is specified as to why they've got it and what the achievement is. But when you've got someone getting five Hall of Fame awards in two years, it's like, what have you achieved in that three-month period from that Hall of Fame award to that Hall of Fame award? Yeah. And it's like, it, it just, do, do you know what? It sort of, for me, it, it, it ruins what it was about, you know? And I think for anyone looking on the outside, looking in, you know, you like, it just, it, it just, it took it away, and it just become a piece of paper. That I, I just wanted the chance to meet Benny Arquides. That was yeah. it. But again, yeah. I, I, I did eventually just say no. I, I just, yeah. I can't. I can't. I, I just, it's just, it's, 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 you know, it is what it is. You know, unfortunately, within the martial arts, I mean, I'm, I'm an old school martial artist, and you know, I teach for, I teach because I love teaching. I teach because I like passing on my wisdom. I'm pretty shit at business. <laughs> so, because I'm not passionate about business, I'm passionate about martial arts. Yeah. So, you know, my business is tick over. I've just opened my second dojo. You know, I, I don't really get on with the parents in the club because I'm too passionate. Yeah. I'm too passionate about what I do. So, when, when I want something done or when I'm asking for something, you know, and I believe in, you know, I'm not bothered if Johnny wants to pay me 50 quid and only a 10, like, Sorry, I'm not one of these people that is like, if Johnny pays me 50 quid and only attends one lesson, he still paid me with 50 quid. I'm like, no, Johnny, you've paid me your monthly fee. I want to give you the tuition that your monthly fee deserves. Yeah, that, is, that is where I am. So I'm not, you know, and unfortunately, you know, I think in today's society, you know, I mean, I have got to be a better business editor. I understand that because obviously, you know, it's, it's part and parcel of the yeah. stuff. But, you know, first and foremost, you know, it's about the martial arts. It's about teaching. It's about providing a service to, to to people that they think is is worth our service. And it's you know, and it's about being passionate. If you lose your passion for something, then what's the point in doing it anymore? Yeah. You know, I, I've been at that point. I had a seven thousand square foot for, for, for dojo. Something happened. I lost everything. Lost everything. No, no circumstance of mine. But everything, all everything I'd always invested. On top of that, lost my home, my car, lost everything. Everything, you know. I, you know, because something else happened at the time. Don't give someone the satisfaction to talk about it. But, you know, and I just lost everything. Yeah. Everything that I had overnight. And I just lost my passion for it. But I lost my passion. Not because, like, I lost it. But I was working, like, from 6 o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. And I wasn't giving people the service that they deserved. Mm -hmm. Because I was so tired and I was like, I, I, I'd like filtered myself out into all these different things. Yeah. And I tried to be like, I would try to be the cleaner, the handyman, the thing, you know, running the classes, being a PT, putting this thing. And I was like, and as essentially, I, like now I go, I'm a martial artist. Yeah. I'm just a, like, I'm a martial artist. I don't want to be them other things. Yeah. I don't, I, like I want to focus. So even now, you know, I, I teach one-to-ones, you know, occasionally. I think I've got gone down to 50 in a week now. I don't want to do any more than 15 a week, don't need to. And I teach classes, you know, now I'm doing six days a week, but I only teach from four to eight. Yeah. So I only do four hours a day. Yeah. You know, and, and even though it's late at night and, and it gets tiring and stuff, and, 
because there's, there's a lot of stuff to do about it. I can still stay passionate about it. Yeah, I can still I can still stay you know hungry for what I want to do. Yeah, that's um, It is you know we like you get in, you, when you get into the martial arts, you get into the martial arts because you like you want to learn to defend yourself uh, as everyone says. Why do you do martial arts? I want to learn to defend myself, or I want to be Bruce Lee, or I want to be a Ninja Turtle, or I want to be John Wick as it is now. Or, yeah. or, or, or I want to be Conor McGregor. He's not a martial artist. Or let's leave that. So you go, so you like so you you've got all this um, you got like all these things, but then once you understand your journey, and you understand when you get to a certain point, it's about passing on. Yeah. So for me, it's for me, it's about passing on. Not just my knowledge in terms of like my skill set and teaching, but also sort of what I've learned from the, the people I've been around and the masters I've been around and stuff, and you know, my mindset and like helping kids overcome stuff. You know, I mean, you know, in today's day and age, I think every other kid's like ADHD or autistic, or you know, um, and again, you know, I'm that's another that's a different subject, you know, I, I, I think you know, kids are. Kids are categorised too easy by schools because it makes the, them look better. So really, mm-hmm. easy for them to deal with, uh, which is unfortunate because then they get tarnished with a brush that they don't deserve. But yeah. that's my opinion. So, and it's so for every other kid, the kid that comes in, you know, and they're like, you know, and they're like, you haven't, you know, most of them haven't. They just need to be centred. Yeah. You know, they need to, they need to be showing something, and they need to have a passion, and you know, they need to stay off the computer. They need to get out into the air. You need yeah. to go and, and do things, you know, keep them away from the telly, take yeah. them out, you know, like, like engage, they need the engagement. Yeah. You know, children nowadays don't get, enga- they don't get an engagement, you know, 90% of the time on that like this, you know, so it's I like, yeah, so the, the kids need engagement. So like 90% of the time, this whole attention thing is, is what it is. Attention. Yeah. You just want attention. Yeah. So, like, so the, for every kid that comes through my door and we're doing, you know, and I've got, like, I think I've got 40 new kids down at the, the new dojo. Um, and, and it's great. It's great. It's great meeting new kids from different areas because, you know, the, the mindsets are slightly different than everywhere else. And, and it helps me because it keeps me motivated. It keeps me psyched. It keeps me sort of, like, ongoing and, and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, the more... The, 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 I don't know. Where would my life be about martial arts? Don't know. Don't know. You, I, you couldn't, like, I could not go my life without it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like, honestly, it's just, it's just massive, you know, and seeing, like, seeing my five-year-old son, who's better than I have ever been, <laughs> you know, it's I've like... Seen those, I've seen his roundhouse kicks already. I mean... Yeah, honestly, yeah. he's just, he's, he's, honestly, just, like, being it, like, being able to pass my love onto my child, right? And whether he grows out of it or not, I don't care. It's like at this moment, like sharing what I share with him, you know, it, it's like, there's, there's nothing in the world like Peter. Honestly, there's nothing in the world like Peter. You know, and he's like, he's obsessed with Karate Kid now. We, we must have watched Karate Kid this last week about a million times. You know, knows all the words. Fear does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, I can't say. Just there, uh, I watch him doing it, just like on on the on the slide, you know. But like that's a film that when I was a kid, yeah. I used to watch religiously before I went to school. Yeah. So seeing my son have that same thing, 
Yeah. It's like you can't get you can't get like help but get nostalgia and go, this is good. You know what I mean? This 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 is like I did this. This this was part of my journey and who I was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I just I, I think I mean what, what can you say? I don't know, what can you say about the martial arts? And no, I, I, I hear you completely. Uh, I'm conscious not to keep you all afternoon, but I've got yep. one one more thing that I want yep. to, to ask or, or discuss with you. So one of the things that, that attracted me to, 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 to invite you onto the podcast was everything that we've spoke about, but I think you, you, you mentioned it as well about people hearing the word no, and, and you don't get from where you started to where you are now by just accepting no. And, and that might, it might not even just be like a, someone verbally saying no. It might be a knockback or a, something goes wrong and, and, and people quits, quits a sort of horrible word, but they, they give in and, and they, they, that's what I want to talk to you about. How do you, what advice have you got to bring somebody from you know, I, like, here to here? Yeah, for me, right, you're, born in, you're born into this world failing. You're born into this world of failure because the only thing that you're guaranteed is death. So before you even start, you're already on the shit. You're already on that on that down that downward slope, and you already know that you know the only the only thing that's going to happen to you is that eventually you're not going to be here. Yeah. You know, so so you're already set on this this down this downward slope. You're already set on this negative, and and. Like for me, I, I just think you know what I'm here, I'm here once, you know, and it's like you know, say someone saying no to me just inspires me to be better. It inspires me to just continue and push forward. I have sat like like I said earlier on the sacrifices I've made. I've been on film sets, right, and not being able to afford my hotel because sometimes you have to put your you know you know thing in and then get it back you know later on and stuff. I've slept, excuse me, I've slept in a car in a layby for two weeks. So when everyone else is finishing on set and going home and going back to nice warm hotels and having beers with each other, I'm freezing my arse off with a boot meal deal, sitting on a lay-by with me things steaming up and a blanket around me. Then I'm getting up the next morning. I'm going to a service station. I'm getting showered. And then I just go on set. Don't mention it. Don't talk about it. Because I know where I want to get. Everything is about mindset and everything is about what you... It's about what you want. It's not about like what someone else tells you. Someone else's opinion of who you are and them saying to you no, right, can only have a, a direct effect on your life if you choose to let that happen. If you don't and you just go and someone says to you no, and it's like, all right, move on. Find another way of, of creating it. Find another way of making it happen. Because for every, you will get, the chances are in this life you will get told no, right? More times than anyone will ever say yeah. So just accept what it is. Accept what it is. It's someone's opinion. Someone's opinion of like, I've been for auditions. I used to take auditions there personally because they don't get in touch with you. They don't, you go for an audition, they don't get in touch with you. They don't tell you how you did or, you know, they don't give you no feedback. They yeah. don't hear nothing. Do you know how hard that is for like a world champion fighter? For no one to like retain your call. Yeah. But then I got into my mindset and I remember someone saying to me, it's nothing to do with you. You are there because you can do the job. It's what they're looking for. 
I'm just because someone says no doesn't mean that the next person isn't going to say yeah. If that person says no, it doesn't mean that the next person after that's going to say yeah. You have got to have this attitude where if you have a goal and you have the desire to be able to get from where you want to get, understand that that journey isn't just going to be like you singing in the rain, the Wizard of Oz. Going, I mean, look at the Wizard of Oz with the Olympic Road. How many things did they come to before they had to get to Oz? You know, that, that, that's, that, that's, a, 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 you know, that's a thing within itself. You don't yeah. have to watch that film. If it was that easy to get to us, everyone would do it. But it's not. Yeah. You know, it's it's what you know, and like this life is about being having hairless thrown here. It's about where you know, if you've not if you've not got a hard work ethic and you do not put the time into what you want to do and and really focused, there's a difference between sayers and doers. Do you know what I mean? How many yeah. people go, I want to be a fighter? But they're not willing to get up at four o'clock in the morning to go out doing 10 miles in the morning and put the effort in and the diet and the training. They're not willing to put the sacrifices in. They're not willing to have relationships fall apart. Yeah. You know, the top one, the top, like, you know, the top percentage of people in this world, you know, it, like I've said this before, do you think The Rock's a nice guy? Everyone from the outside looks in and goes, he is. I guarantee you now, he's not a nice guy to be around. Because someone with that much focus and yeah. that much determination and that much success has this mindset. Do you think Bruce Lee would have been nice? Bruce Lee knew what he wanted to do in his life. Yeah. Right. And it's not saying that. What I mean is people don't understand people who, who, who want to go out and achieve. It takes a certain type of person. And because they're that, they're that mindset, everyone's like, oh, dude, no, they're not very nice. It's like, it's not that. They're just that focused. Yeah. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger in 1973 or something, when he got interviewed and he said to him, when you retire from bodybuilding, what do you want to do? Right. Arnold Schwarzenegger went, I'm going to go into films and I'll go into politics. In 1973, do you know what I mean? That's 47 years ago. 47 years ago. Around that time, he knew what he wanted to do. Yeah. Right. Not many people know what they're doing tomorrow. Never mind the 47 years' time. And that is the difference. The difference, like, it, like you have got to be held to understand. You've got to understand that in this life, people are going to tell you no, and people are going to put you down, and people are going to say that you're not good enough. But the only, th the only person that matters is your opinion of who you are, not what anyone else thinks. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks, because there'll be there'll be that one person that goes, they are special. And they can do what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? And they will get there. And it's and, and as hard as it is, I'm I'm being a point where I wanted to give up on stuff. And then I remind myself of who I am. I look at the stuff, like my whole house is like a vision board. I have stuff from films and stuff that I've achieved and done stuff like this. And I don't do it because I'm bragging. I don't do it for that. I do it so that every morning I get up, I see stuff in my house that gives me a sense of purpose to go out yeah. and do what I want to do in my life. Yeah. And that's the difference. I'm there to go, this is my life and this is what I'm doing. And I don't care what anybody else like thinks. I, I've got no I've got no interest. You know, you're a big head, I'm not asked. You know, you, you know, you you're this, you know, you're a bit boring. I'm not asked. Because you what 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 you're telling what you want to do and what I want to do, different things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, you know, you're going out like you know, Johnny won't think twice about going out and spending 300, 400 pounds for a weekend. 
getting wrecked and whatever else he wants to do. Yeah. But you ask him to pay £50 for a membership to come training, which will better his health and stuff. And they're like, oh, I don't know if I can do £50 a month. You don't bend this for, 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 for three days. <laughs> you know, it's like, so, yeah. so for me, like, obviously, if, if there's anything that I would say to anyone, and that is God's honest truth, is that the only person that can stop things happening in your life is you. Nobody else. No, no, nobody else's opinion matters or anything, you know, because it's that. It's an opinion. It's an opinion of how they perceive you. Yeah. Right? One person's opinion of me compared to another person's opinion of me will be completely separate and will be completely different because they don't know me. What people are, I allow people to see on Facebook, you know, apart from calling everyone what I do, yeah. apart from you, it is, <laughs> you know, that it's that you know that that's like I allow people to just see a a percentage of who I am because I don't want people knowing me. I don't want people like n- understanding who I am yeah. because then I'm allowing people to 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 sort of uh, come in. Then I'm allowing them to have an opinion. You don't have an opinion. It's just that they don't have a real opinion of who I am. That's just their opinion of who they think I am. So every time that anyone gets knocked back or any time that anyone feels that the failure you're not failing it's part of the journey it's part of the journey and remember that and remember that that journey because if it wasn't part of that journey everybody would be doing it if it wasn't hard everybody would be doing it if it wasn't you know if if, if it was so easy to be successful everyone would be successful yeah. but it's not because you know at the, the essence of it all is you have to work hard you have to stay strong and you have to keep focused and just don't give a shit what anyone else says about it. Brilliant. Right, so the the aim of uh, inviting you onto the, the podcast today was was to inspire. And, oh. and I think you've done that. I think, <laughs> I think, I think, I think you've done that. Uh, no, listen, Lee Charles, thank you. That's been absolutely oh, brilliant. I'm, I'm straight on to another one now. <laughs> <laughs> Such is the life that we choose. <laughs> right, listen, honestly, Thank you for I'm me. very grateful. Have a brilliant day. Okay, sir. Take, Take care. care. Take Dry care. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you so much.